You are listening to the Grace Covenant Church Audio Podcast. Today we're continuing on with the Culture Shock series as we talk about our issue, topic of the day is abortion. This is another one of those issues that's caused uh, a lot of division, a lot of strife, not only in our nation, uh, but in the body of Christ. I mean, there's been churches, there's been denominations that have separated over this issue. Individuals have taken sides, they've marched, they've, they've protested, they've lobbied our government as to the laws for, to protect the, the, uh, the woman carrying the child. There's, they've lobbied for laws to protect that of the unborn child that's uh, growing there in the womb. I mean, it's been a really um, difficult, divisive issue. But, but as we talk about the issue of abortion today, uh, for me, this is not just a theological issue. I, obviously it is, and we're going to look to God's Word this morning as to what God's Word has to say about the value of life. But, but as we talk about abortion, we're really wrestling with an issue of life and death. It's a critical issue as to how we view life as God has created life. Now, now I must say, when it, when it comes to the issue of abortion, this would be my opinion, my perspective. You don't have to believe what I believe, but it would be my opinion that the church has not always responded well. I think at times we've stood for truth and we've stated truth, but we've not stated truth in a fashion that could be received by those who are struggling with either a decision they made or struggling in the process of what am I going to do with a life that's growing in the womb. So I think at times we've, we've stated truth, but we've not done it in a constructive, healthy way. We've not followed the model of Jesus, which is, again, John 1.14. We talked about this in the first sermon. The scripture says that Jesus was full of grace and full of truth. Full of grace and full of truth. And I believe that's the model for us. So as we stand for life, as we address this issue of abortion in our nation and in our community, we want to be those who are full of grace and we want to be those who are full of truth. Amen? That's the approach we want to take. Now, the issue of abortion for me uh, as a pastor uh, is really clear from, from a biblical perspective. I believe that that God's word is clear as to the value of life. And I'll get to that in a moment. So for me, that's not the difficulty of addressing this subject. Let me tell you what the difficulty is. As a pastor, here's my greatest challenge this morning, is to know that even as I'm talking about this issue, that there would be individuals present sitting in this sanctuary this morning, both men and women, who in their history, in their past, they're still dealing with the choice they made about a life. They're dealing with the reality of oftentimes the baggage that's left from individuals who've chosen uh, the way of abortion. Statistics would tell us that one in three women in their lifetime will have an abortion. One in three, that's 33%. So that tells me that just, just the numbers in this room, that there would be individuals here today, again, not just women, but men and women who have been down this road. And today, possibly, you're still dealing with the pain and the heartache and the shame and even maybe the guilt of that. And so for me, it becomes a very difficult subject to talk about because of my sensitivity to that of your pain. And so before I get to the issue of abortion, let me talk with you for a minute about the wonder of God's grace. Because if you've been down the road, if somewhere in your past history, for whatever the reason, whatever the circumstance, 
there is the reality of you've been a part of uh, the process of an abortion. You must understand and you must receive and you must embrace the wonder of God's grace. So what does the wonder of God's grace tell us? First, abortion is not the unpardonable sin. It's not the sin that God cannot and will not forgive. You know, it's interesting. Scripture is full of accounts of those who've committed grave sins, even murder, and who were not only forgiven by God, but were used greatly by God. I mean, we could talk about Moses. We could talk about David. We could talk about the Apostle Paul. Talking about some individuals who did some pretty offensive things, yet not only were they forgiven by God, but they were greatly, they were greatly used by God. So abortion is not the unpardonable sin. Matter of fact, 1 John 1.9 says this, that if we confess our sin, that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. That covers abortion. All unrighteousness. So if you, if you confess and repent, then let me tell you what you are this morning because of the wonder of God's grace. You are fully and completely forgiven. Fully and completely forgiven. The wonder of God's grace. Not only is abortion not the unpardonable sin, but here's the good news. Because of the wonder of God's grace, you do not have to carry the guilt and the shame of your past. In other words, your past doesn't have to be that that enslaves you or that holds you captive. In Romans 8, 1 says this, says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Again, if you have truly confessed and repented, you're fully forgiven. Therefore, there's no shame. There's no guilt. If you're struggling with shame and guilt and condemnation this morning, then can I tell you it's not coming from God? That God doesn't use shame or guilt or condemnation. Will He convict? Yes, He'll convict to bring you to a healthy process of change. But He does not condemn. He does not bring shame or use guilt in your life. Therefore, if you're dealing with shame or guilt or condemnation, it's not sourced in God. So what's it sourced in? The adversary. The devil. He's the one who condemns. And so when there's the point of condemnation or guilt or shame, what you need to do is first remind yourself of the wonder of God's grace. And second, you need to remind the adversary of the wonder of God's grace, his grace that's greater than your sin. Thirdly, because of the wonder of God's grace, your past pain can be turned into someone else's benefit. Your pain can be turned into someone else's gain. Your failure can actually be that which God could positively use to impact others as they're processing the issue of of what's the right choice. You know, it's amazing to me. It's amazing how God can take the blunders and the failures and the mistakes and the mess-ups of our past, and He can redeem them and use them not only for the good of the kingdom, but for the good and the blessing, the benefit of someone else. Amazing. It's the wonder. It's the wonder of God's grace. So if you're here today and and you've experienced the pain of abortion, listen, you have to know this morning that God loves you unconditionally. You have to know that that God's grace is greater than your sin. You have to know that, that God wants to work in your life and through your life. Whatever you do, don't buy into the condemnation. Don't buy into the guilt. Don't own it. Don't, don't, don't allow it to settle into your life. The wonder of God's grace is this. You can be free and live free. 
No matter the sin of your past, no matter if there's an issue of, of abortion in your past, Isn't that great news this morning? The wonder of God's grace. Now, as it relates to abortion, again, I I believe that that God's word is clear as to how he values life. But again, my conviction is that the church has not always responded well. I, I do believe we should take a stand. I do believe that we should speak the truth. I do believe that we should bring God's perspective on the situation into the conversation. However, there's a right way and a wrong way to represent God in this conversation concerning the issue of abortion. I believe the problem with the church's response to abortion is is threefold. I'm going to give these statements to you really quick. The first is this. We've been guilty of passing judgment without offering solution. We've stood strong and we've quoted passages of Scripture proclaiming truth, but we've not always been willing to become a part of the problem to bring people to a helpful solution. We've passed judgment, but we've not been a part of the answer. We've passed judgment and we've spoken strong words, but we've not always brought hope into the midst of a situation. Secondly, I believe the church, the body of Christ, has also been quick to condemn, but not quick to listen. Quick with their judgment, quick with their words, quick with, hey, here's a Bible verse. Quick to condemn, but not quick to listen. You know, this is what I believe. If we would take time to truly hear people's story, hear their story, listen to their heart, come to discover there. You know, this is what happens when someone will take time to hear my story. You know what it communicates to me? It communicates to me that they care. It communicates to me that, that I'm valued. Well, because they're, they're taking time to hear my story. I mean, that's what happens when we take time to hear people's story. It communicates value. And when they know that we care, then we have an opportunity to speak truth with love and grace. But oftentimes, I think... The body of Christ, the church has been guilty and that we're quick to condemn, but not quick to listen. I also believe my personal conviction that the church at large, the body of Christ, we've passed judgment, but we've not offered grace that restores. Listen, God never calls wrong right. Nor does God take issues like abortion and present it as an okay option. Again, His Word is very clear. God is the creator of life and He values life. But He doesn't just pass judgment on people who who come to a point of failure or make the mistake or make a wrong choice. He doesn't just pass judgment, reject them as a result of the issue in their life. No wonder. God is a God who redeems and restores. Amen? Our God is a God who redeems and restores. If there's anything that I would want us as a church family, the Grace Covenant family to be known for, it's this, is that we are a place where broken people can come and they can find hope and help and compassion, that they can come and experience the love and the life of Jesus. That we would be that, that we would be Christ's representatives. Not just individuals who, we know our Bible and we can really quote some verses. Listen, I'm all for that. I'm all for knowing the Bible. I'm all for anchoring ourselves to the truth of God's Word. We we don't want to be those who, who just pass judgment, but we want to be those who offer grace that redeems and restores as we take a stand for life. And that's what you're going to hear in this story. It's a story of a young lady. Her name is Nicole. A couple things about this video before you see it that's interesting. First, 
Nicole lives actually right here in our area. So she's a young lady in this, who lives in this region. And her story is an amazing story of, of a church that, that came alongside her in her time of need and in her time of crisis. New Song Worship Center, uh, Pastor Jeff Watson, great man of God, great church, came alongside this young lady and made a difference in her life. This video is a little longer than what I would normally show on a Sunday morning, but I'm showing you the video because not only is it a great story, but it's the crux of the message that I believe we must embrace today, and it's simply this. As the body of Christ, we must be those who are standing for life. I want you to listen to Nicole's story. Jordan, um, the father of the baby, his mom was telling me that she had a dream that um, someone told her that someone was pregnant. And I had a dream that my mom told me that um, my cousin was pregnant. And as Hispanics, we think dreams always have a meaning or there's something behind it or something like that. And I didn't really think anything of it, but I guess she did. So she went to the dollar store and she got a pregnancy test. And later that night, I think it was that night or the next day, where I took it and it came out positive. And that's when we told Jordan. And he was like very happy, but you could tell he was, from his face expression, he was also scared. And for me, I guess it was more like, I was excited because I was having a child with somebody that I loved. So like our relationship before, like everything being pregnant, um, it was really good. We understood each other. It was just, I don't know, it was just like I felt like he was my best friend. And then after I found out we were like pregnant, it was just kind of like we just kept kind of falling apart. So I guess like the commitment scared me, being alone scared me. And every day just got harder. And so I was just like, what am I gonna do? Like, you know, baby's a lot of responsibility. I'm not at high school. And so like just everything I was already feeling alone, I felt more alone because I didn't have like a lot of support. And I just felt like maybe it's the best choice, you know, I can't give him a good life or something. Like, like what if I'm not a good mom or I don't know. It was just very hard. And then so I made the appointment and I went and then I remember what really shocked me was I saw this lady, like she already had a baby bump and everything. And it wasn't like a little small one where you could just like kind of tell. No, it was like a big one and she was there. And I just like remember just being like, how could you do that? Like, or how could this place do this? It was, it was very scary and I just ran out and I just remember I got in my car and I was just like, mom, I can't do this. So I was in the car and I was telling my mom that I couldn't do it. And she was just like, let's go see the baby and the ultrasounds because they were doing free ultrasounds in like this little um, like RV. She was clearly hurting. She cried a lot. And I just talked through that God loved her and that God had a plan for her and that she wasn't alone. I remember asking her, 
you know, do you do you want this? You know, do you want to know God to be your father, the perfect father, and uh, care for you? And, and she said, yes, I do. And she said, but I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what that looks like. And so I had just this amazing privilege of praying with her. And I'm hearing her cry and confessing her sin before the Lord and asking him to come in and to be the Lord of her life. And I just wept because the truth is, is I didn't want to go down there that day. Um, had been walking through some hard stuff in my life in the past year and just felt like this constant just drain. And I thought, the Lord can't use me when I'm empty like this. I'm so physically, emotionally, spiritually tired. This is silly for me to go down. But then the other women who were going to be on the sidewalk had expressed that they needed me there. There wasn't enough people to be on the sidewalk. And so I said, okay, Lord, I'll go down. I walked away from there just profoundly changed by my time with Nicole and the opportunity to sit and and to talk with her, not just about her son, but about who she is before a king. I, I can't go to sleep without taking sleeping pills, and I've taken them for a, a couple years now. And, um, and ever since that day, I would pray at night before I go to sleep, and it's actually the only way I can go to sleep now. And I don't know, that just helped me out a lot. It made me feel like I didn't need the things I used to, that I relied on a lot. Angela made me feel like I wasn't just with some screaming lady outside of an abortion clinic. Like she made me feel like I was with a friend. And that was something that meant a lot to me. I remember I was laying down with my hands up and I like to have my feet up every time I watch movies. So I just like to lay with my hands up and my feet up. And then as we were watching the ultrasound, all you see is him go like this and his feet were up. And I was just like, that is like, how could I have ever thought of not wanting something so beautiful and mine? Pastor Jeff said, you know, we had this young lady who came and she, decided to choose life for her baby and um, we really want to help support her and would you be interested in discipling her? I said, well, let me pray about it. And it took me all of three minutes in prayer (laughs) for God to say, why? Almost like, why did you even need to ask me? Of course, yes, this is what I want you to do. And so I called Nicole and we decided to get together for dinner one day and we met early and we closed the restaurant down. Everybody was leaving, the the, um, the waiters and waitresses were all waiting for us to get out of there because we just kept talking. It was like we had met old friends. I didn't feel like I had to like be fake around her or act more mature than I had to because I was just like, oh, I'm friends with an older, like with a mom. <laughs> and she didn't make me feel like that. She made me feel like she was just like any of my friends. We wanted to throw a shower for her. And so I asked our new song moms if they would consider joining with me to put a shower together for her. And they said, yes, please. And I was completely blown away by the love that poured out from the shower. That was really my biggest concern was, will I have time to be a good friend to Nicole? And you know, God 
just said, all you need to do is say yes, I'll take care of the rest. And that's really what I felt in my spirit. So I said, okay. The, just the fact that she wants me in her life is, is an overwhelming blessing to me. Honestly, I don't know what I would have done if it wasn't for all the help that I got. Not a lot of people get that, but I'm blessed to say that I did. And I just hope there's more people out there like them to help those women that don't know what to do so they could have that type of, they could gain that confidence like and not feel like they're completely alone. I know I'm not gonna be a perfect mom, but I'm gonna be the best mom that I can be. I just can't wait till I have that moment where I'm just like, he was, he's worth it and he was worth all of it. And I'm just very excited to meet him. Wow, is that not an amazing story? <laughs> Praise God. An amazing story of transformation, first because it was a young lady who made a decision to choose life, but second, really significant in the story, is there was a church, there was a family, there was a support system that came alongside her to say, hey, we want to help. I love the way the story played out. The, the new new uh, new song church that gave a baby shower, so they they rallied the moms and just became a source of blessing. And and for me, the takeaway of this is the value of what can happen when God's people say, "Hey, we're going to stand for life." See, and I, I don't want people in our community to know what we're against. I want them to know what we're for, and this is what we're for: we're for life. We value life. Interesting, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 14, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Folks, there's no way around it. God is pro-life. Pro-life. And I believe, I believe abortion grieves the heart of the Father. I believe abortion grieves the heart of God. And let me tell you why. Three, three reasons. The first is this. God is the creator of life and he values life. In Genesis chapter 1 in the creation story, we have God creating life as he shaped Adam. And the scripture says he breathed life into Adam. And then he created Eve. And and the first direction he gives to this first couple, Adam and Eve, is to multiply, to produce life. God's the creator of life. And then Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14, the psalmist wrote these words, For you, God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So God created life and he values life. And we know that basically for three reasons. First, value is determined by creation and design. Creation and design. For example... If you were to go and find a painting by Picasso or Van Gogh, how many of you know it would be really expensive? If you could find it, it would be really expensive. Now, if I were to paint you a picture, it wouldn't cost you much. I'd probably have to pay you to take the picture that I painted. But if you were to buy a painting by Picasso, it would be like big bucks. Why the value? Because of who created it. Who created it? Your value is determined by design and creation. So 
Who were you created after? Who were you designed after? Interesting. Look back to the Genesis account. Genesis chapter 1. God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground and basically took his stamp and says, Adam, I'm going to make you like me. So what humanity, man, listen, not the dog, not the deer, not the cow, not the mule. Only mankind, only humanity is created in the image and likeness of God. What does that speak of? It speaks of value. Not only that, value is determined by protection. Would you agree with that? What you value, you protect, right? Let's say you have valuables. What do you do? You, you hide those. Maybe you secure them in a safe. Why? Because they're valuable. You protect what you value. So what kind of value does God place on His creation? I mean, consider, consider the protection He dictates for human life. In Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, listen to what the Word says. Whoever sheds human blood, by human shall their blood be shed. For, the Im- for in the image of God has God made mankind. So God here puts the maximum social protection around a human life being the death penalty. And life is to be protected. Not only that, we also know value, the, the value of something, because value is determined by cost. By cost. Let's say, for example, this morning, I gave you an option between a Timex watch or a Rolex watch. You could choose either one, Timex or Rolex. Rolex. How many of you would choose the Timex? Uh, we have one uh, in the balcony. You might want to check with him after service. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't understand Rolex. But most of you would what? You would choose the Rolex, right? Timex or Rolex. The Timex you can get at Walmart for ten bucks. The Rolex you can't get at Walmart for ten bucks. You would choose the Rolex, and my question would be why? I mean, because both both do the same. The Timex or the Rolex, they both tell time, right? Why would you choose the Rolex? Because the Rolex has greater value. The value is determined by the price you pay. So ordinarily, what you pay for something determines the value of that object. So let me ask you a question this morning. What did God pay for you? What did God pay as a redemption price for your life? Get this. He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, into our world to die on a cross that you might be able, that you might have the privilege of living in a life-giving relationship with God. That's the price God paid for you because He values you so. Wow. So why does, it, why does abortion grieve the heart of God? Because He's the creator of life and, and He values life. I think abortion also grieves the heart of God because God hates the shedding of innocent blood. And the scripture is so clear on this. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. Listen to what the word says. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue. The third statement here is hands that shed innocent blood. What is abortion? Abortion is the shedding of innocent blood. And the scripture is very clear. I mean, it couldn't be any more clear. God hates the shedding of innocent blood. Why? Because he values life. I also believe abortion grieves the heart of God because life begins at conception and unborn babies are fully human who are simply in a process of development. I mean, consider the following facts. These are, these are biological, scientific facts. The heart begins to beat somewhere between the 18th and the 24th day after conception. 
18 to 24 days. Brain waves have been recorded as early as 45 days after conception. A mother can feel physical movements as early as 42 days after conception. At eight weeks, the baby possesses the unique fingerprints it'll have for life. So, so when we speak of an unborn child, we're speaking of a God-shaped creation. Not just a mass, but a life that is in process. A life that God values. And because abortion grieves the heart of God, then the very issue should grieve our hearts. And it should be that that should motivate us to action. Because again, folks, listen, it's not enough for us simply to stand up and say abortion is wrong. Here's a verse. We must be those who are willing to take a stand for life. We must be those who are willing to move to action. So how can we respond to this issue today in our nation, in our community? Let me leave you with a couple points of application. The first is this. I believe that we can and we should and we must speak the truth with love and grace. We should be willing to confront the wrong of abortion and bring truth into the conversation. And I'm convinced that we can do this with love and grace and not be condemning and not be attacking and not be ranting and raving. But with love and grace, bring, bring truth. See, as we communicate with love and grace, this is what I believe. We can bring hope and we can bring help and we can bring healing. We must be willing to speak truth. How can we get involved? We speak truth with love and grace. I think a second right response is we can pray consistently for those who would be considering abortion. In other words, put it on your prayer list. If you have a prayer list, put it on your prayer list. You're praying consistently for people you don't know who are processing a decision. I don't know if you would be aware of these, of these statistics, these facts. They're a bit shocking. But did you know that abortion is the leading cause of death in the city of Charlotte. It's not cancer. It's not heart disease. The leading cause of death in our city. I'm not talking about another nation, folks. I'm not talking about another state. I'm talking about right here where you and I live. The leading cause of death in our city is abortion. Did you know that in our city where we reside, every week, a hundred And 50 to 200 babies' lives are taken. Not once a month, but every week. Right here in our city. 150 to 200 babies. Every week. In our city. A crisis, not in another nation, not in another state. But right here in the community in which we reside. One of the women's clinics down in Charlotte is the largest in the southeast region of the United States. 80% of the abortions that happen in the city happen at that clinic. What can we do? We can pray for those who would be in the process of asking this question, what do I do with this life that's growing within me? Maybe you've heard this story before, but my wife and I were blessed to adopt both of our children. Our daughter, Grace, um, it's a pretty amazing story. Her, her mom, her biological mom, had given birth to two girls and was pregnant with a third, three different men, was not able to raise the two, and now she's pregnant with a third. 
not knowing what to do, not really having a solution as to the challenge she was in, she thought, my only option is to have an abortion. True story, she, she's, she was driving down the interstate and saw a bumper sticker on the back of a car that spoke of the value of human life and the wrong of abortion. And she made a decision to give birth to her daughter, not to abort her. I believe that not only did she see a bumper sticker, but at the same time, someone was praying. Come on, church. Someone was praying. And her, her mind was changed. And rather than having an abortion, she chose the route of adoption. And for the past 13 years, we have been blessed with our daughter. Because I believe somebody was praying. And that's what happens when, when we as the church say, hey, we're going to stand for life. Here's the, third, here's the third point of action. We can become informed and engaged in standing for the sanctity of life. Informed and engaged. In other words, discover what's happening. Get engaged. You know, the Lake Norman Crisis Pregnancy Center, we partner with them. We support them on a monthly basis. As a congregation, we partner with them. It's a great place where you could serve. Uh, maybe you could become a support system, like when Nicole's story. What a great story of, a, of an individual who said, I will disciple this young lady. A church who said, we'll come beside her and help her as she's making the right decision. Or obviously, we, we can pray. Here, here's another way, a really practical way that I want to offer you this morning. We're, we're actually, this coming week, you can take a, a necessary step of action. There's a movement happening right now called Love Life Charlotte. Love Life Charlotte. The goal of this uh, organization, uh, this movement, is to mobilize the body of Christ, the church, to pray for 40 weeks about this issue of abortion in our city. Um, amazing things are happening, but they're, uh, they're partnering with churches to pray 40 weeks, which is the, the, uh, the, excuse me, the time frame, the length of, of a pregnancy, 40 weeks, to pray uh, for life and to pray over our city. Amazing things are happening. As a matter of fact, uh, some of the leaders are here. I was talking with Justin Reeder earlier. They have a table out in the foyer. You can stop by their table after the service and ask some questions. But he was telling me uh, that uh, 14 weeks, we're going to be the 16th week, but 14 weeks in, they have, cons- they have confirmed that there's 141 families who went to the abortion clinic to have an abortion who made a decision and chose life rather than death. 141 families in 41 weeks. 141 lives saved because the church said, hey, we're going to stand for life. Amazing. So great prayer movement. The body of Christ, not just Grace Covenant, but the body of Christ, the church at large, saying, hey, we're going to stand in the gap. Hey, we're going to stand for life. Hey, we're going to come and intercede and pray that the supernatural power of God would move in our city and transform people's lives. So this is what we're going to do. We have week 16. So on Wednesday of this week, we're taking Wednesday, and we want to fast and pray on Wednesday. We're going to set the food aside for a day that we might focus on this issue of abortion, and we want to pray for life in our city. On Wednesday, we're going to fast and pray. And then on Saturday, 
we're going to actually go into the city and we're going to prayer walk uh, in an area around one of the women's clinics there in the city. We're not going to carry signs. We're not going to picket. We're not going to rant and rave. We're simply going to go and represent Jesus. We're going to go with love and compassion and intercede and pray the name of Jesus over our city. So we're going to arrive at 9.30. We're going to pray from, from 10 to 11. Now, there's a card that you receive there in your bulletin, and it's going to help us help you. And we would love to have you join us uh, on Wednesday. We're actually going to come here at noon, and from, from 12 to 1, we're going to pray here in the sanctuary on the Wednesday that, uh, Wednesday that we're fasting and praying. Now, if you can't make it to the sanctuary, that's certainly fine. I mean, you know you can pray wherever you're at, right? And pray wherever you're at. But if you can, we invite you to join us. We're going to have some prayer points. But we need you to fill out the card because that's how we're going to be able to get you information. So if you mark, hey, I'm going to fast and pray on Wednesday, we're going to send you prayer points so we're all praying about the same issue as we're fasting and praying. If you say, hey, I'm, I'm going to be able to go Saturday. Man, wouldn't it be amazing if we could rally a thousand people from Grace Covenant in our city worshiping, walking, and praying around uh, this area that's creating the challenge in our city. What might happen as we would take a stand for life? So if you can join us Saturday, please mark that. We need your information because we're going to be get, you're going to be getting emails giving you the details as here's the prayer points, details as to the directions as to where we're going to meet. So uh, we need you to fill out the card. You can drop the card in a basket in the back. There's baskets all along the back. You can just drop the card there. That way we have your information. We're going to input all the information so then you can be informed. But Wednesday, we're going to fast and pray. And then Saturday, we're going to be in the city um, being a part of this prayer walk. Actually, uh, Justin Reeder also told me in the 14 weeks that this has been happening, the activity at the abortion clinic is down 40%. 40%. Why? Because the church, it's being the church. Really simple. The church is standing in the gap and interceding. So when it comes to the issue of abortion, I I would want you to know today as you leave that it does grieve the heart of God. Why? Because he values life. Whether it's the life of the unborn or the life of the aging or anywhere in between, what God values life. What's our role? What's our responsibility? I would say, folks, it's not just to take a stand against abortion. Our goal, our responsibility as a church is to take a stand for life. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning for your love for us. God, I thank you that you so loved us, that you saw such a value in us, Lord, that you sent your son into this world to die on a cross, Lord, that we might Lord, be redeemed, that we might enjoy relationship with you. God, what outrageous love. Oh, God, for that, we're grateful this morning. And Lord, as we look to this issue, as we think of this issue of abortion today, what an atrocity in our nation. Lord, to think from 1973, the Roe v. Wade case, to present, Lord, over 50 million abortions have taken place in our nation. God, the first thing we must do is, God, we humbly repent before you.
God, we repent for the sins of our nation. For not valuing life, Lord, as you value life. Forgive us, I pray. Forgive us as the church, Lord, for not always taking a stand or maybe taking a stand and doing it in such of a way that it was, Lord, just a poor representation of you. God, we repent before you this morning. And Lord, my prayer today for myself, Lord, for this church family, is that we would simply be available. God, this is what I believe. I believe when we're available to stand for life, God, you bring, Lord, uh, supernatural encounters. You bring divine appointments. You bring opportunities, Lord, for us to step up, for us to speak truth, for us to encourage, for us to make a difference. So, Lord, my prayer today, Lord, again, for our church family and for every individual here is that, God, we would simply say, God, here we are. Use us as we stand for life. And, Lord, as well, this morning, I I would not want to end our time without praying for those who would actually be here in the sanctuary today, whether male or female, who who've chosen the path of abortion in their past. God, I I pray that they would be able to embrace the wonder of your grace. Lord, that they would be able to move beyond maybe points of guilt or shame or, or that that would limit or restrict them. God, I pray that they would know that they're completely loved or that they can be completely forgiven as they confess and repent and embrace, God, that of your grace. Lord, may they be able to live free from this day forward, I pray. And Lord, as the body of Christ mobilizes around Love Life Charlotte, God, I, I so believe this, this movement is your heart because, God, it, it values life. Lord, I pray that you would continue to work in supernatural, miraculous ways. Even this week, as we fast and pray and as we, as we prayer walk on Saturday, God, even now we ask that you would supernaturally intervene. And Lord, that life would be valued and that lives would be saved. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.